I love it. Hey, me and Ryan were talking. Did you see Hunter was walking around pointing at y'all? Move now, golly. I was like, yeah, it was awesome, dude. I love that, man. I'm going to pay him to do that while I'm preaching. Man. Hey, uh, hey if, uh, if it's your first day ever coming to Summit, uh, this is our last day here. So, boom. Uh, man, we're fired up. Uh, this is our last day in the forum. And so, uh, so man, we're moving. Uh, so, I don't know, Brett Michaels might be here next week. I don't know what's happening in the forum, but we are done here in the forum today. And so, man, that's awesome. It's a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal, man, what this season that we're in as a church and what God is doing. Uh, if today's your very first time here, my name's Mark, and I'm the lead pastor. And, man, we're just fired up to have you here today. You came at a really cool time because this is a really big season uh, for our church. I don't know if there's ever been a bigger season for our church as we are making the transition uh, from being a portable church. And what that means is just a church that doesn't have a physical location, so it has to set up and tear down uh, every single week. And that's what we do. We, we've done this for uh, almost seven years. It'll be seven years later this year. Set it up, tear it down every single week because this is not ours. And so uh, we are making the transition from being a portable church to a, a church with a building, a permanent uh, location. And so, man, we're excited about that. And so, uh, man, it's just an awesome time uh, for our church. And, and with that, there's a couple things that I need you to know, all right? Uh, a couple things I need you to know before we uh, jump into what, um, what I want to talk to us about uh, today. There's a couple things I need you to know. So one is we ain't here next week, all right? So I'll say it again, we ain't going to be here next week, all right? We are going to the, now you're clapping, but don't forget that we ain't going to be here. All right, so yes, I love it. If you're waiting next week, bro, here, you missed it, all right? So we're going to be at 147 Century Circle, side of the former FedEx property, and there's tons of people in our church that have never been there and have no idea uh, where it is. And so the uh, former FedEx property over there in Christopher, I'll tell you what, when you walk out today, we have invite cards for you. These are real, this is, uh, these are, uh, there's two things on this invite card. One, uh, on, one on this side, it's an invite to our service next week, opening day, March 25th. There's a map on here, how to get there if you need a map. Now, let me talk about next week, and this is a permanent reality in our church. One of the things that I'm most excited about uh, where we're moving to is we get neighbors that we get to love and to reach out to. Uh, right here we're at the forum, but there we have neighbors. And when you pull in, there's people's houses right there at our church. So what that means is you're going to come around this curve and the property opens up wide. Don't all of a sudden think that you're in the episode of the Dukes of Hazard where the General Lee, woo! Don't do that. Don't do that. Because that's happened before. And do you know who gets the phone call about it? This guy. All right? So don't let... Let's be the best neighbors we could possibly be. Amen? Amen? The worst thing that could happen, I think, is that we move to our new building and all of our neighbors hate us. If we do that, don't toilet paper anybody's houses. There we go. Yeah, don't toilet paper anybody's house. Don't do anything like that. Don't, don't, let's be the best neighbors we could possibly be. All right? No kidding. If every seat is full and the surrounding community regrets that they're our neighbors, we lose, all right? I was walking around there this past week and just knocking on people's doors and saying, hey, I'm your new neighbor. 
and, uh, and just introducing myself and talking to people that live over there. It's an awesome opportunity. No kidding. Uh, when, you, there's, when you pull in, there's a sign, 10 miles an hour, kids at play. People are in there, don't go to our church right now. We're praying about it, praying for them. We're going to start ministering to them. They don't go to our church. They really do have kids, grandkids that run around. So 10 miles, obey the sign, all right? Obey, be good neighbors, all right? Be good neighbors because we got neighbors now, all right? So that's next week. Next week is at 11. Another thing with 11, we expect it to be packed next week. We expect it to be packed. We expect to fill every single seat. So here's what's going to happen. There's a lot of seats around you right now. Probably next week I'm going to have you get up and get real close. You're going to cuddle next week. Our relationships are going to another level next week. All right? Now, if we, if we fill out, we're only doing one next week. All right? If we fill up every single seat, I'm asking Summit people to give up your seat for guests. Okay? So I'm asking Summit people to give up your seat for guests. If you see somebody you don't know, don't talk to your neighbor. Do they go here? Because if they go here, I don't want to give them my seat. Don't do that. If you don't know them, get up and give them your seat. All right? Right? So, I mean, no kidding. So, just be, just be quick to do it. Man, that church, this guy gave me the, his seat. This woman gave me her seat. Those people uh, gave me their seats. And so, so just do that, all right? Uh, but, so, there's, that's next week. That's next week. You're going to see a lot of stuff about it. Um, and uh, another thing that we just now did, just in the past minute or so, uh, we put out on Facebook and Twitter an invite that you can share. So if you actually, while I'm talking, if you wanted to grab your phone and go to Summit's page, uh, you can share the invite that we just did and just flood Facebook and Twitter. Uh, We'll put something out on Instagram later on today for you to share an invite and just says, sit with me next week at opening day of Summit's new building. These are out here, all right? Now, now, now let's talk about something that happens even before next Sunday, next Friday, this Friday coming, March 23rd, is extravaganza. That's our biggest outreach of the whole year, all right? We still need Easter eggs. Uh, if anybody in here wants to buy some, donate some, uh, please let Dana know, myself know, other people in the church uh, know. Um, just let somebody know that, hey, I'm going to buy this many eggs, I'm going to bring them to you. It starts Friday night at 6.30. Uh, we need a lot of volunteers. We usually have hundreds and hundreds of people at this, volunteers of all ages. If you want to volunteer there, be there no later than 5.30. I'll be there at least by 5. Some of us probably be there a little bit earlier, but don't be there any later than 5.30, an hour before, to help volunteer and to serve people. It's going to be an awesome weekend, man, with our biggest outreach and then our opening day. And then the following weekend is what? It's Easter. And so on Easter, on the other side of this card, we're having two Easter services, 9.30 and 11. All right, 9.30 and 11. We do it twice because uh, here there's 850 seats in the form, we've never had less than 500 on Easter, and so we're doing two services at our building on that day to accommodate all the people that we're praying that God brings and, and, and that you invite. So Mark, it's 9.30 and 11. How can I know which service to come to? That's a really simple question. Come to the ones that your friends say they'll go to you with. Does that make sense? So if you invite somebody, hey, I'll go to church with you, but the 9.30 works for me. Awesome, I'm going 9.30. Or the 11 works for me. Well, I'm going the 11. But you go to the one that your friends will be able to go to. So invite and fill up the whole building. And let's just believe that God's going to do great things. These invite cards are out there in the lobby. Take as many as you will use. All right? As many as you will use. Those are out there for you. All right? So, man, some big stuff coming up. Um, just an exciting time. And, uh, man, I was, I, was thinking, I was thinking this morning uh, it just doesn't seem, it seems so weird that we're leaving the forum. I remember the very first service we ever did here in the forum uh, in 2011. I was so excited. I showed up here at the forum at 5 a.m. 
There was nobody else here. And, um, and I was the first one. And so, uh, but man, I just remember, uh, I remember just seeing, just seeing God move. And, and that day, and we've just seen God's faithfulness. The band and I, we were back there praying. We, get, we pray backstage every week. And we were saying, you know, maybe we've never realized it until now, but every week when we pray, that's just God being faithful. Man, God's been faithful to our church. Did you know that? Man, God's been real faithful to our church. And, and so, uh, uh, so we're just anticipating uh, God's faithfulness to continue in the future. Um, so I want to pray, and then uh, I want to talk to us about some stuff this morning, all right? Father, I pray that, God, right now you would open up our hearts and our eyes and our minds and everything that we are to you and what you want to say to us. God, just get our attention this morning. God, if somebody's here for the first time, get their attention. Somebody's here and they've been here every week for years, get their attention. God, this morning, this is, this is for all of us, God. This is for all of us. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to us and apply this to us wherever we are in a way that only you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. How many of you, just by raising your hands, you would say, how many of you um, don't like change, you fear change, uh, you're just not a fan of change? Would you raise your hand if that's you? Just raise it up really high. You don't really particularly like change. Put your hand up, just hold it there for a second so I can see it. Look at all of these hands, okay? All these hands. Let's go ahead and put those down. I have good news for you. Everything is about to change. Everything is about to change. Literally, we're leaving this building and going to another one. Uh, next week, you will uh, go to a new building. Uh, next week, you will park in a new parking spot. You will sit in a new seat. Your kids, if you have kids, they will go to a new place. Everything is about to change. Everything is about to, to, to change and to shift, and there's about to be movement. That's one of the reasons I asked the drama team to do evidence, because just this idea that we can't stay here, we got to move, we got we to go. Everything is about to change. And, 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 and what I want us to see this morning is, is God is taking us to a new place. And I don't just mean physically. I mean physically, yes, we are moving. We are leaving the forum and we are going to our new building. But something I believe that God is calling our church to a deeper walk with him, a deeper experience of faith, a deeper step of faith. I believe that God is calling us to a new level in our relationship with him as individuals and as a church. And listen to me, when that happens, that always requires change. See, God is a God of change. Now, God himself doesn't change. I mean, the Bible's clear. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God always calls his people to change. God always calls his people to move forward, to take a step. God always calls us out into the deeps, out into the unknown. God calls us to, to unknown and unpredictable places because it's in the point where we are desperate. It's in the moments of desperation and fear and the unknown. It's in those moments that our faith grows. Listen, faith doesn't grow in complacency. But we love complacency, don't we? Don't we? I mean, the, we love complacency because complacency is predictable. 
It's, it's normal. It's routine. I know exactly what's going to happen. The proof that we, that we fear change and we love complacency is I hear a lot of people talking about this move that we're about to make from here to there, and I hear a lot of people say, where am I going to sit? I've sat in the same seat for six years, right? And, and so there's this fear of, of stepping out from what's complacent and, and, and known and safe and predictable into the unknown. See, not only is God actually physically moving our church, but I think that God wants to move you as a person. I think that God wants to move your family. I think that God wants to move our entire church into a new place. See, let me ask you a question and you answer this to yourself. Answer this to yourself here. Is there anything in your life, is there any place in your life where you have looked at that place, you look at a place in your life and you're saying to yourself, well, I'll always be this way. And you've just learned to live with it. You've just said, well, you know what? I'll always act this way. I'll always think this way. I'll always deal with this. And maybe you've learned how to live with it. Maybe you're trying to just cope with it. Maybe you're just trying to to go day in and day out living with this. But what if God is calling you today and he's he's saying to you, listen, I don't want you to just live with that or cope with that. I want to set you free from that. I want to set you free in that place where you just kind of shifted into neutral and said, well, I'll always think this way. I'll always deal with this. This will always be a place, a thing, rather, in my life that I'll deal with. What if just coping with it, God actually wants to set you free from it? Listen, that is a place of unknown. That is a place where change is going to have to happen. Or maybe you're here today and, and everybody around you, you come with your friends to church, you come with your family to church, and your friends and your family, they're just kind of used to this consumer Christianity where they watch a sermon and they sing songs, but it doesn't really impact them outside of Sunday, but you know that God is calling you to step out and to get engaged, and they might look at you weird, and they might wonder what's going on, and you're afraid because if you step out and you get, in, get engaged and you get involved, then man... That's a place of unknown space. You've never been there before. There's a lot of fear, and it's going to require change. What I want us to see today, I want us to take our Bibles, and I want us to open up. We're going to take a couple weeks off from the book of James, just so so we can understand what God, I believe, is, is, is doing in this season as we go from here to there, not just physically, but wherever God wants to take us, whatever the next step is, whatever the deeper place is, whatever the, the risk that God wants us to take as we go to from here to there. I want us to open up our Bibles today. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 3. I want us to open up our Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. And as you're opening up your Bible or you're turning there on your phones, uh, what I want to do today, if God would do it, because God's the only one who can pull this off, what I want to do today, if God would do something in this room today, I think that God would want to expand our vision because too many of us just think we're changing addresses. I think that God would want to expand our vision this morning, I think that God would want to expand our vision so that we would stop thinking that we just simply go to church and we would begin to see ourselves as part of a movement of God. No amens? Okay, I'll, I see what I'm up against this morning. Okay, all right. When I say movement of God, here's what I mean. When I say movement of God, I mean that God so works in a community, a city, a region. A movement of God is when God literally changes the landscape of a city. 
When God, when God changes the landscape of a city, when God changes the way people live, think, operate in a city, a movement of God is when God changes every fabric of a society. It's when, it's when God gets his hands and, and changes every single area of a city, every single aspect of society so that education is impacted, so that the economy is impacted, so that the arts are impacted, so that families are impacted. See, you might, you might use the word revival, but the reason that I'm using the word movement instead of revival is because for too many of us, when we think of revival, we only think of the church, But listen to me, if God were to send a real revival right here in eastern Kentucky, make no mistake about it, it would start in the church, but it would flood out of the church into the streets, and it would change this city. And so we don't don't go to church. We're not church folk. We are a part of a movement of God that for 2,000 years has changed the trajectory of human history, and it is changing the world right now, and we serve a coming king who is transforming the kingdoms of this world into his kingdom, and he is coming, and until he comes, we are a part of a movement of God. But listen to me, if we really wanna see a movement of God come to Eastern Kentucky, if we really wanna see a movement of God come to Perry County, and for us to be a part of a movement of God, then what we need to understand is we can't stay here. We can't stay where we're at. Again, I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually, I'm talking in our hearts. If we wanna see and be a part of a true movement of God, if we want to see God push back the darkness in our region, it is going to take a movement of God. And listen, we can amen that and we can celebrate that, but I need you to know that if you really want to be a part of something like that, you cannot stay where you're at right now. So in Joshua chapter 3, God is taking his people from where they were to where he wanted them to be. They, They are going to cross the Jordan. They are, they are about to be a part of a movement of God that would change that entire nation. They're going to cross the Jordan. And it's clear from one thing that Joshua makes clear is that if we're going to get into the promised land that God has for us, then they cannot stay where they are right now. And so my question for us this morning as we are leaving this building and going to another one is how can, we part, how can we be part of a true movement of God? If God doesn't want us to stay here, if God's not simply changing our address, but what if God is doing something at a deeper level and he wants to change our hearts and bring us into a deeper walk with him, how can we be part of a movement of God? And I think that Joshua 3 answers that question. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing you want to write down. How can we be a part of a movement of God? Well, here's the first thing. A movement of God will take all of us. A movement of God will take all of us. Joshua chapter three, verse one. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from, can can we just say that you say that the way that it looks? Can we just do that? You say that the way that it looks. Um, I just don't wanna get that email. Um, Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from the way that it looks and, and they came to the Jordan. It's a real place where you live. 
Man, I'm glad we're, I'm glad our building's not in that town. Right? Golly. Sheesh. It's, I'm just reading the Bible. It's what I do for a living. And they came to the Jordan. He, watch, watch, watch. He and all the people of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. Did you see? It, Joshua, they were in one town, and they're going to cross over to the Jordan. And it doesn't say that Joshua and a few people crossed over. It doesn't say that Joshua and a couple of his buddies were about to cross over. Look at what it says, verse 1. He and what? All the people of Israel. Joshua's going through the camps. Guys, 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 it's time. It's time. We've been prepping. We've been talking about crossing the Jordan. God's been getting us ready. Today is the day. Everybody up. Nobody in the Israelite camp said, no, nah, not today, man. No, nah, I'm not really interested in that. And the reason that they all said, Joshua, I'm in, is because this is the generation who just watched the previous generation die from wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So this generation of people, they saw what happened when you try to do life on your own instead of God's way, and they said, Joshua, we're in. Joshua, Joshua, wherever God's taking us and you're leading us, Joshua, I want to be a part of it. So all of Israel said, Joshua, I'm in. I think probably the question that I get the most is, Mark, how do I grow spiritually? Mark, how do I, how do I get a deeper relationship with God? Mark, how can I go to another level in my faith? And listen, the, the, answer to that, the answer to all those questions is really the same question. If you want to go to another place in your walk with God, if you want to go deeper spiritually, it really all comes down to having a heart that's available to God. That's it. That's it. I mean, we can talk about what kind of Bible you're reading and Bible reading plans and all of those things. All of those things are great. I do them and I recommend them and praise God for them. But can I tell you, going to another level spiritually really comes down to having a heart that's available for God. A heart that says, God, whatever my next step is, I want to take it. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, God, I'm available. Let me ask you a question. Are you available to God today? Don't take that for granted because a lot of people, a lot of church folk are not. A lot of people that go to church week in and week out, they're not available. A lot, of, a lot of people, too busy for God. Hello? Too busy. Got too much stuff. I got too much stuff on my calendar for God to get, me, to get penciled in. I got too much stuff. Or a lot of us, we, we make excuses for why we're not available to God. Here's the sad reality. There's some of us today, and you're here in this room, you're just not interested in being a part of anything that God has for you. And here's what happens. When we make excuses for why we're not available to God, or we're too busy, or we're not interested, here's what God does. God just simply goes to another person who is available, and what he would have done in and through our lives, he does through them because they're available. Listen, God is not looking for super Christians. God is not looking for Bible scholars. There's nothing wrong with Bible scholars, but God is not specifically looking for those type of people. God is just looking for people who are available. That's it. Are you available to God? See, if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of you and he's given you gifts, talents, and abilities and he wants to use you to be a part of bringing his kingdom into this earth so that darkness will be pushed back. The question is, are you available for that? Are you willing to play your part in that? Are you playing your part 
in that. Listen, a movement of God that changes eastern Kentucky and the world, it won't require some of us. It will require all of us. Doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, the education you have, don't have, money you have, don't have. A movement of God requires all of God's people. And it simply starts with you and I saying, God, here I am, I'm available. But not only that, if we want to be a part of a movement of God, we need to move when God moves. It's going to take all of us, but we need to move when God moves. Let's continue to read. Look at the next verse. Verse 2. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it. Watch this next part. Watch this. Watch this. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. See, in the Old Testament, the ark of God, it symbolized the presence of God. It was a physical representation of the presence of God. And Joshua says, listen, we're about to cross the Jordan, but the priests are gonna carry the ark of the covenant. And listen, when they carry it, they need to be in front. And so the image is God is in front of his people. But listen, this is, this is really important. If you're taking notes, write this down. God not only needs to be in front, but we need to follow him. Did you hear that? God not only needs to be in front, but I gotta follow him. It says, it says don't touch it. Stay about 2,000 cubits away. Get away from it so that you can watch it because listen, you've never been this way before and God needs to be in front. See, if we want to be a part of a movement of God, then we need to move when God moves. We need to follow God. Listen, I don't know if you knew this or not, but did you know that God is moving in eastern Kentucky? Did you know that? Did you know that God is moving in eastern Kentucky? Uh, well, a couple years ago, several years ago, in fact, maybe, there, maybe you, you've heard of it, there was a book that was really popular. It's called Experiencing God. Have you ever heard of that book? You can still find it today. You can get it online. It's really easy. Probably one of those popular uh, Christian books ever written. There was a big idea in the book, Experiencing God, and it was simply this idea. Find wherever God is working and join him. Because the assumption is that God is always working. Listen, in the Old Testament, they followed God by a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. In John chapter 3, a guy named Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and Jesus says this statement, speaking about the Holy Spirit. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. What he means is that the Spirit of God is always moving. God is always moving. Let me ask you a question. If God moved, would you know it? If God moved, if, if God was speaking, would you be able to hear him? If God wanted you to start a business right here in this community that would have a positive impact on the economy, would you know it? If God wanted you to start something right here that was serving a group of people that nobody else is serving, would you hear him? 
If God was leading you to, to do something that no one else was doing so that the kingdom of Jesus would come in a greater reality into this world, if God, would, well, if God was speaking to you, telling you to love somebody that no one else is loving, if God was telling you to do something to reach people that no one else is reaching, would you hear him? If God was moving, would you know it? See, and what that means for us is we need to be in a regular habit of listening to God speak. That's why we're always talking about in this church of getting into the Bible and reading it because listen, not just so that we can check a box and say I did my spiritual duty for the day. That's not why we talk about that at all. It's so that we can get in here because this is God's voice on a page. And man, I need to get in a daily habit of listening to God. So God, speak to me from this book. Are there other ways that God can speak to us? Absolutely there's other ways that God can speak to us. God can speak to us through other people. God can speak to us through creation. But listen, you will never graduate from the word of God. Amen? You will never graduate from the word of God. As long as the word of God 365 times says, do not be afraid of anything, then there is something for me in this book. We need to be in a regular habit of of listening to God. Here's why. Because God is moving in your school. (laughs) We need to get God back in schools. He's already there. He's the God of the universe. The question is, are we listening? God is moving where you work. God is moving in your family. God is moving in this region. God is moving in hazard. The question is, are we following? Because if we want to be a part of a movement of God, then we need to move when God moves. Not only that, we need to remember whose we are. See, a movement of God is going to require all of us. And a movement of God means we got to move when God moves. But also, it means that we got to remember whose we are. Not who. Not who. we got to remember whose we are. So Joshua says this, listen guys, we're about to cross the Jordan. The priests are gonna walk in front with the Ark of the Covenant. Verse five, Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So in verse five, Joshua says consecrate yourselves guys we're about to cross the jordan and the ark of the covenant god's leading we got to follow but listen consecrate yourselves that means what that means is set yourselves apart get yourselves ready consecrate yourselves joshua says listen listen don't don't wake up and just cross the jordan Remember who you are. Remember whose you are, rather, when you're crossing the Jordan. You were slaves in Egypt, and then God set you free from Egypt, and now you are the people of God. Remember whose you are, that you belong to God. Summit, listen to me. One of the most important things you can do as a follower of Jesus is to daily remind yourself of who you are in Christ. Every single day, daily reminding yourself of who you are in Christ. Listen, listen, in Christ, in Christ, you are not just blessed. In Christ, you're not a little different. In Christ, you are brand new. In Jesus, you have been transformed. 
And man, there is nothing the enemy wants more than for you and I to focus on our failures and our sins. In fact, for some of us right now, this is the thought that's in your head. He's not talking to me. Bro, I'm too messed up. Listen, I feel the way that I've always felt. Talking about being transformed, talking about being brand new. Listen, the devil can run his mouth all day long, but greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. We are more than conquerors over him, who through him who conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. There is no condemnation for us in Christ. And so we need to daily remind ourselves who we are in Christ. Not so that we can give ourselves a spiritual pep talk. I'm not talking about some self-help motivational type thing. I'm saying this because, listen, listen, what you do comes from who you are. What you do comes from who you are. And before Israel did anything for God, they needed to remember who they were. So we need to remember who we are in Christ. Man, one of the things I've started to do here just in the past couple of months, I've just picked this practice up, learning this from some other people. One of the things I've started to do in my daily time with God is not just read the Bible and then pray and then call it a day, but man, I always take some time during my daily time with God now to where I'm just speaking my identity in Christ and the promises of God over my life. I am preaching to myself, and I'll be honest with you, most of the time, it is out loud, and there ain't nobody else in the room. I look insane. I do, because I was doing it this morning. I am called by God. I am washed in the blood of Jesus. I am filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of me. God has given me everything that I need to serve him and to fulfill the calling that he's put on my life. Listen, and that, again, that's not self-help. That's not motivation. Summit, that is gospel. And every promise of God is yes in Christ Jesus over your life. The church for too long has been trying to hide from the world, talking about how dark it is, staying away from it, so that we don't catch anything. But Jesus said, we are a city on a hill. We are the light of the world, and light shines in the darkness. Light is brightest in the darkness, and so we need to remember whose we are. And then finally, last thing we gotta do if we're gonna be a part of a movement of God is we got to get our feet wet. It's going to take all of us. And we got to move when God moves. And we got to remember who we are in Christ. But man, we got to get our feet wet. And so let's just read the rest of this chapter and watch what God does here. Picking it up in verse 8. And as for you, command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he, will, and he, that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perishites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, and when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests, bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and watch this, watch, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink 
of the water. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. Your Bible might say that the Jordan was larger because it was the flooding season. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethane, and those flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. One of the things I love about this passage is I love that God has this across the Jordan when it was flood stage. And did you notice that God had them get their feet ankle deep in the water? I love it, man. You can just imagine that scene. The priests are up in front and they're carrying the ark and there's thousands of people behind them and there's these two dudes in the front carrying the ark and the water's not moving. And they're getting closer and the water's not moving. Guy's carrying the ark. Bob, are you scared? Bob, were you freaking out a little bit? George, I feel pretty good how you feel. Bob, I don't care to tell you. I got some butterflies in my tummy. I don't know about it, Bob. Well, let's see what happens. And they get their feet, they get their feet in, they get their feet in, and then all of a sudden the water starts to move, and before they know it, the water splits, and they are walking through the Jordan. But here's the thing that you've got to know. For us to be a part of a movement of God, it will always require us to do things that scare us to death. Being a part of a movement of God always means we gotta take a step of faith and steps of faith are scary, are they not? That's why they're called faith. It's not called a step of concrete because you know where your foot's gonna go down, right? Step of faith. God, are you there? Hello? Right? Anybody? This is, a, this is what, listen, when we started this church seven years ago, people ask me this all the time. Mark, what was it like to start Summit? Here's exactly what it was like to start Summit. Ah! It's exactly what it was like. It's exactly what it was like. I had people coming to me every day. So you're going to go back to Hazard. Yeah, I'm from there. And start a church. Yeah, because they need one, right? Because you can't get away from the church. They're everywhere. It's the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. Listen, when we started this church, I didn't know if Elena would come. It's like, she lives with me. Would she come to my church? Right? I I had no idea what would happen. And can I tell you, if I'm being honest, that today feels just like that. Mark, how do you feel today? (sighs) Today feels just like that. And can I tell you one thing I've learned in seven years? I think that that is the best place to be, to be part of a movement of God. Because what I've seen God do is God consistently likes to bring his people to a place of fear, to a place of desperation, to a place of weakness, because God's power is perfected in weakness. So summit, here's all I know. I just know one thing. I just know we can't stay here. I know we cannot stay here, literally. I called the city and said, we're leaving. They're kicking us out today. Can't stay here. But, but I'm not even talking about here. I'm talking about where you are in your relationship with God. I'm saying, I'm saying that we can't 
stay here, that God has more for us, that God wants us to be a part of a true movement of his spirit in this community and around the world. I'm saying that God is calling us to step out and to love this community in ways that we haven't done it yet. I'm saying that God wants us to take greater risks than our church has ever taken. God wants us to be a part of a movement of God, but listen to me, it will take all of us moving as God moves and remembering that we're not church people. We're we're not religious people. We are the people of God, transformed by the power of Jesus, filled with his spirit, and he is calling us to get our feet wet for the sake of the gospel, for his glory, and for the sake and the salvation of men, women, and children in this region and around the world. God is calling us to be a part of a movement that requires all of us to say, God, I'm in. And so my question is simply that. Are you in? Where are you right now? Where are you right now? Don't think physically. Don't think that you're in the forum. I'm not talking about that seat. I'm not talking anything physically about your location right now. Where are you? Where's your heart today? Where where are you in your relationship with God? Do you have one? What, What is God calling you to do? Where is God calling you to step out and to get your feet wet What is the next level that God wants to take you to? I can't answer that for you. But here's what I believe. I believe that if the Spirit of God is in you, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to tell you where he wants to take you, and all you need to do is say, God, I'm here, and I want to listen. And I believe that if you will listen, if you will become available, God will speak to you, and God will reveal to you. He'll tell you exactly, I want to do this in your life. This is the next place that I want to take you. But it all starts with you and I being available to God. Maybe you're here and I get this question all the time at the end of a sermon like this. Mark, can you tell me one thing? Can you give me one piece of advice? Can you give me one thing that I can do to step out, to get my feet wet, and to begin to go to a deeper relationship, another level in my walk with God? Can you give me one thing? I will give you one thing. I'll give you one thing. Here it is. It doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound exciting. Nobody's going to like, yes! Nobody's going to lose their minds. But this is one thing. Here it is. Get involved in a local church. Get involved. See, told you. Get involved in a local church. Here's why I say that. Did you notice that Joshua walked up and he said to all Israel, he didn't say to one person, He didn't say to two people. He said it to a community, a nation, to all Israel. Here's where we are, especially as Americans. We think that the be-all and end-all of Christianity is having a personal relationship with Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. Here's the problem. The problem is the Bible. In the Bible, we see, we see several things. God exists in community. We, we call it the Trinity. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God doesn't make Adam and then stops. God makes Adam and Eve a community. God saves the nation of Israel a community. Jesus comes and he doesn't do ministry alone. He calls the 12 disciples a community. Jesus ascends to heaven, sends the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God begins the church, the community, the people, the movement of God. And And to this very day, God is working in and through the imperfect 
church bringing the kingdom into the world. And so if you want to be a part of where God is working, say, Mark, where is God working so that I can join him? God's working in all kinds of different places, but one place I can guarantee you God is at work. God is at work in and through his church. Amen? God is at work in and through his people. Is she perfect? Absolutely not. But she is his and she is love. And if you want to be a part of the movement of God and to engage with where God is working, I want to encourage you to get involved and engage and become active in a local church. I want to encourage you to get involved in this church. Here we are, we're in a season where we are physically moving, and I want to tell you that I believe that God's called our church to play a part in seeing Perry County come to know and worship Jesus, and not just Perry County, but our mission is that the entire world, and I believe that God has a part for our church to play, but can I tell you that we can't play that part without you. The Bible says that the church is the body of Christ in every part, no matter how young, old, every person has a part to play. If you're not playing your part, I want to invite you today to take a step and to play that part. You can begin, you can sign up to serve, you can join a group, you can begin to use the gifts, the talents, and abilities that God has given you. If you're a parent and you're looking around at the world and you're saying, the world is so dark, what about my son? What about my daughter? What about my teenager? What about them? They should be in students tonight, 5:30 middle school, 6:30 high school. They should. They should. They should. It's easy to look at how dark the world is, but there's a movement right now happening. It's going to meet in a big red building. It looks like a barn in Christopher on our property. There's a group of teenagers who are going to meet there tonight, and they're going to worship Jesus, and they're going to love each other. They're going to have fun, and we're going to send them out to change the world. What about my teenager? Your teenager, your teenager needs to be there. But my kids, what about my kids? They're too, they're too Young, what about my kids? We have this thing called Summit Kids, and we are not babysitting your kids because some of your kids are possessed by the devil. They really are. They really are. We're praying for your whole family. And we are not babysitting your kids. We are back there teaching Jesus on a level that kids can understand. And our prayer is that they would grow up to be mighty men and women of God who would lead the church, the city, the community, the state, the nation, and the world towards Jesus Christ. And so what about my kids? They should be back there. What does that mean for me? It means you should be a part of this church. It means that you should be actively engaged and involved. Maybe for you that just simply means you're gonna come back Next week, at the end of the service today, I'll be at the welcome table. If you've got questions, I would love to answer your questions, meet you, shake your hand, and tell you, give you more about how you can get actively involved and engaged in where God is working, the people of God. But here's what I know, Summit, we cannot stay here. We are leaving. And I believe that where we are going, there is more of God's goodness. There is more of God's faithfulness. And I believe that God is not calling us to go to church. I believe that God is calling us to be a part of a movement of God that can change a world. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much that you always, you always call us to step out, to get our feet wet. And it's scary, and it's unknown, and there's a lot of questions and what ifs. What about this? What about this? What about this? And, and God, I never see in your word, I never see in your word where you answer those questions. I just see in your word that, God, you give us exactly what we need to take the next step and the step after that 
and the step after that. And so Jesus, I pray that right now, every person in here would just simply pause and say, what is that step for me? Because God, you are working, you are moving here today. And we wanna hear, we wanna listen, we wanna be available. God, if there's somebody here that needs to give their life to Jesus for the first time, God, I pray they do. God, if, if there's somebody here today and, and they need to step out of the sidelines and get involved and engaged in this church, I pray that, God, they would do it. If there's somebody here and maybe their walk with God for some reason or another just kind of went, kind of veered off, God, I pray today you, you would bring them back. I pray, Jesus, for the person. Everything seems like it's going great and they're growing, but, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to them even right now and say, you know what? Everything, everything seems like it's going good. I'm working in your life, but you know what? You can't stay here. I've got more for you. There's a deeper level. I want you to be hungrier for me than you've ever been. I want to do more in and through your life than I've ever done. God, I pray that all of us would know wherever we're at, we can't stay here. We can't stay here. We got to move. So with every head bowed, with every eye closed, I just want to ask our entire church, and this is not so that I can see it. This is just you. This is you preaching a message to your own heart, telling your own heart where you're at. If you're here today and you'd say, you, you would, this is between you and God. If your heart says, God, I'm available to you. I am available to you. Just raise your hand right now if that's your heart. If that's the cry of your heart, raise your hand. And you're not saying that to me. You're saying that to yourself. I'm raising my hand. I'm telling my heart I'm available to God. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Put it up real high. Put it up real high. God, I'm available today. I'm available today. Hands are going up all over, all over this room. Why don't you just even right now, you put your hands down. You can even say that out loud. God, I'm available today. God, I'm available today. God, I'm available for whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, wherever you want me to go. God, I'm available today. you're here today and you say, Mark, there's something that God is calling me to do. God is calling me to get my feet wet. God is calling me to take a step of faith. Would you pray, would the church pray that I would have courage to follow the step that God is calling me to take? If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now if that's you. Amen, amen. Hands are going up all over this room, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. Awesome. God, thank you for so many people just raising their hand, saying, God, you're calling me to do something that's risky. You're calling me to do something I've never done before. It's beyond my capacity. Show them that's the safest place they can be. Trusting in you, desperate for you to move. Others of you, you might be here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to get, to get saved right now. To give your life to Jesus. To say yes to him. We've seen it. We've seen that happen hundreds of times in this room over the past six years. People raise their hand to say, today I give my life to Jesus for the first time. Is that what you need to do? Is that what you need to do right now? Today, if you want to be saved and give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time so that he would forgive you for all of your sins, his spirit would come and live inside of you and you would leave. Listen, you will not leave perfect, but you will leave never the same. And he promises to never leave you, to never forsake you. Today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just pray this prayer with me right there where you're at. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I give my life to you right now for the first time. Thank you for loving me, for dying for me, coming back from the dead for me. Help me to follow you starting today. If you just prayed that prayer, you just prayed that prayer. You just made the biggest and best decision of your life. And I would love to pray for you and just encourage you today. No one is looking around. 
But if you just ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you, would you just raise your hand right now to say, Mark, I just prayed that. Just raise your hand right now. Amen. Amen. There's somebody right there. Anyone else? Just say, Mark, I prayed that prayer today. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Father, thank you for six years of faithfulness in this place. You are good and I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But that's how grace works. And Father, we thank you for it. We love you for it. God, thank you that, that you've called me to be a part of this. This is not my thing. But thank you for all the new friends and all the new faces and, and just all the new things. And I pray that, that, God, you would just continue to pour out your goodness and that we would move as you move. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Summit, let's praise God for today. Listen, um, man, I think it's awesome that on our last day in the forum, we saw people just now raise their hand to say, today I'm giving my life to Jesus for the very first time. That is, that's why we started this. That's why we do this, to see transform people, transform the world. So um, if, you're, uh, uh, if you're able, go ahead and grab the connection card that's in your chair. Dana's going to come out. We're going to receive our offering. At this point, we always give everybody a, a second to fill out their connection card as we're receiving our offering. So any preparation you need to make for that, go ahead and make that. But here's the thing. If you made a decision today, this is the point on, on your connection card. Put down on that card what you did. If you raised your hand to say, I, I gave my life to Jesus, check that box that says, I gave my life to Jesus. If you want to be baptized, check that box. If you want to serve and begin using your gifts, talents, and abilities and the gifts that God's given you, check the box. I want to serve. But, but may, any decision you made today, we want to know about it. You can put it on the back of that card. Our ushers are going to come right now. They're going to get in place. And as they're coming, as Dana, uh, as Dana comes out, if you are a first-time guest, a second-time guest, we got a gift for you at the welcome table. Don't leave until we say hi to you. Um, if I've never met you, I'd love to say hi to you today and just shake your hand, say thanks for coming, answer any questions you have um, about our church. But um, man, as we're about to give, as we're about to give, I think one of the comes up every week. Why do we do this? And, and don't, don't miss, don't miss, Summit, listen to me. Don't miss what we're doing. Don't miss that we're leaving this building and we're going to another one. And, and, and the thing that made it happen was God and his faithfulness and the generosity of his people. Amen? Amen. I, mean, I mean, really, really, don't miss that. What's my offer? What's my giving do? It's, it, we see people saved, baptized, discipled, lives are transformed, cities are impacted. We're going to a new facility, a permanent facility with greater opportunities. That's what happens when you give. And so, so God bless you for doing that, whether it's here, whether it's online, however it is. I want to pray, and then Dana's going to lead us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this time here. God, I pray you'd bless every person that gives and every gift. God, I pray you'd use it to transform lives and transform the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Dana, go ahead while we give. Amen. Um, so next week when y'all come to church, hopefully it will be warm in there. I mean, because I have frozen. And there will be air that works in the summertime, and it will be amazing. Um, but 
one thing I wanted to say is there's been lots of times that I've stood up here on Sunday morning, so it, so this is my last Sunday standing up here. But we have been here, Ronnie and I have been here from the beginning. And the first service, third row back there, um, Ronnie met Jesus in that, that aisle at the first service. So I am, I am very thankful that Mark and Elena listened to that call and that they came here and they started this church. And I have made some of the best friends that I have ever had in my entire life right here in this room. And so I am thankful for that. And I do believe that um, greater things are yet to come for us. So I am excited too. But with that being said, Friday is the egg hunt. And we do still need eggs and we need lots of help. I'm like, Mark, that time he swallowed a bug up here. It's because I made fun of him for that. So now I'm getting paid back. But we do need lots of help for that. So if you can be there, I'll probably be there about four, but just get there when you can. So, cause it actually goes from 6.30 until eight. So um, you guys have a great week. You're dismissed. <laughs>